They say that our view of God is often impacted by our view of our Father, but I hear you relating to God in a whole different way. So describe your view of God and how that is different. Why did all these men that were coming in as father figures, why did they not taint your view of God? That's a good question. (laughs) It really is. The only thing I can say is because at that early age, I had this concept that God was my daddy. Mm -hmm. I never viewed God through the lens of an earthly father. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 All right, this is Tammy Glasgow. Good to have you here for our first podcast interview, which is really exciting. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you letting me talk to you today. Yes. Well, what I know of your story is pretty amazing. And so I want to just start by tell us whatever you want us to know. Tell us your story. Tell us, you you don't have to start with your story. Tell us what you're doing now. Um, Just some of your background. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I am a widow. I've lost my husband seven years ago. We've been married almost 33 years. I've got three adult daughters and some wonderful son-in-laws, and I've got 10 grandchildren. And um, but through the loss of my husband, I have been part of starting a ministry for widows called Hope Gathering. And that's how we actually got to meet each other was through our passion for widows and being widows ourselves. So I'm thankful that God connected us. Yes, I am too. What a blessing. Yeah. And hearing your story, you know, you just share little bits of it. And then I don't think you realize the grand beauty of what God has done in your life. So just when you were sharing some of your background. So again, we're here to encourage moms who are raising kids without a dad, whether that be by death, divorce, desertion, whatever. For whatever reason, these children are growing up without a dad in the home. So And we want to encourage moms, you moms who are raising kids, you have a lot of questions. Are my kids going to be okay? What? Just so many things, raising boys and girls without a dad. There's so much emphasis on the dad, rightly so. God created us to have a mother and a father. But when, for whatever reason, that person is removed from our lives, life still goes on and God is at work. So I want to hear your story and hear how God's been at work. Okay, so honestly, I can't say that my story is just broken because of my father. It's actually broken with my mother too. And so um, they were young and my mother actually was pregnant with me when she was 16 and they got married and it was never a happy home situation. And they honestly blamed me because they had to get married. And I, I heard that often. I really craved the attention of my father. He, he gave a little more attention to my younger sister, but never, never much to me. And I, I craved that. My parents argued constantly. So it, like I said, it wasn't a peaceful home situation, but when I was eight, they divorced and that was pretty much it. I mean, he pretty much left the picture and I know my mother made it hard for him to be able to see us, but he didn't try very hard either. So he was really, I mean, we saw him a few times after that, but 
but it quickly faded and he remarried and, and that was, was kind of it. I later in life, I tried to reconnect with him, but as far as my childhood at eight, I, I no longer had a father. Wow. So he wasn't engaging up until eight years old either, you're saying? Correct. Wow. So as an eight-year-old child and not connecting with your dad, how was it for you when he just walked out and left? You know, a lot of, I think over time you, you suppress a lot of things, but I think I, at that point we lived in a small community and that many years ago, I, I was the only person that I knew that came from a divorced home at that point. I know that's Mm -hmm. not the situation anymore, but it, it was at that time. So, so not only did I feel abandoned from my father, I also felt excluded from my friends because of that. And honestly, I'll never forget. I was, um, I can still remember the little layout of the elementary school. And I remember going, I was going to the the restroom and I overheard two teachers talking about me. And um, they said, it's really a shame about that little Sparks girl. She'll never amount to anything since her parents are divorced. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And so I felt a lot of shame in in the fact that my parents were divorced and my father had had left. Wow. You had a lot to overcome, especially if you were told you were to blame for, you know, them having to get married and then the marriage and then your sister getting a lot of attention. So nobody would know that was your story. (laughs) And that's what's so beautiful. And God has brought beauty out of ashes. So Tell me more. I want to know okay. more of, of what happened after that. And Okay. I, I can vividly remember um, my, my parents were young, obviously, you know, they were in their twenties and my mother, um, she was, she was promiscuous. And so she went out a lot at night and left me to care for my younger sister. How many years difference? Just age? not even quite two years okay. between us. But I was eight, and um, so she would leave, and I would be afraid. But I accepted the Lord when I was six years old at a little country church um, that my grandmother went to. And so I knew the Lord. I mean, it was obviously a childlike faith, but I I knew the Lord. And um, I can remember I would sing the words to Jesus loves me over and over again, when I was afraid mm-hmm. and, and that calmed me. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing someone say that God was Abba. He, he was daddy. And that, that just stuck with me that mm-hmm. God is my daddy. And so I just know the Lord, Lord's hand was on my life and, and he protected Absolutely. me. And, you know, it, we did not grow up in a Christian home. We went to church occasionally, but it was not a Christian home. But the Lord was so sweet in the way that we moved a lot. But every time we moved, we were within walking distance of a church and I would go, I would go to church and that by was by myself and my, oh. and my sister and I, okay. you know, would go and, but that was my safe place. That, that was where I felt safe was going to church. And I, I, it was, it was just the Lord to make sure that we were always so close to a church that we could attend. That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's encouraging right there because obviously God's hand has been over your life from a child and to work through so much. So how, as you grew and your story became clearer to you, the pain, you know, as children, we go through pain and suffering. We don't realize it. And then we have 
more mature eyes and adult eyes. So when you're able to look back and see the rejection and the betrayal and hurt of losing your dad, um, how did God bring you to work through healing and forgiveness? Well, let me add just a little bit to the story before I get to that, because I think it it makes the implications of what I'm going to share about um, being further along in the journey. Um, my mother remarried multiple times. And so there were always new men in the picture. And so, so you would, you would go along for a while and think, okay, maybe this one will be a dad. And then it wouldn't turn out that way. You know, she was drawn to men with a drinking problem. My father was an alcoholic and, and several of her husbands after that were, but, um, so, there was a lot of confusion as far as what is security? What does it mean to feel safe? There was a youth pastor and his wife um, that invested in my in me and and my sister. Um, and, and I really think that God bringing them into my, this was when I was in junior high, it could have been a pivotal time where I could have begun to make some really poor choices. I always wanted to be good. That was... I think that was something that came out of the um, the abandonment is if I'm good enough, then then some will, you know, I, 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 I want the approval. And so I made good grades. I made good choices. I didn't get in trouble. But, you know, you hit junior high and, you know, more temptations begin to present themselves. And so this youth pastor and his wife um, had a tremendous impact on my life. And, and my mother didn't make it easy for them. I mean, she was a very difficult woman and they, I, looking back, I see how much they put up with to wow. be able to, to love on me and encourage me and help me grow in my faith. And so, um, so they were pivotal in, in my life at that point. So were they just drawn to you or did they have a passion for other children who didn't have a father? You know, I'm not sure. Okay. I, I I just remember how much they invested in me. And like I said, there were not a lot of kids at that point exactly. in this small community that right. did not have a father. Right. But um, but they genuinely cared. So was he did he take on a father role? Did he come to any of your extracurricular activities? How did they invest in your life? It was more they would um of course obviously what they were investing through me being at church. And, you know, a lot of times after, you know, the student events, they everyone would go to a restaurant out to eat. Well, I was never able mm-hmm. to do things mm-hmm. like that. And they would make sure that I was included. They, I never had money to pay for anything. So they would provide so that I could be part of the group. But as far as ever having anyone attend extracurricular activities, my mother didn't even attend those. So there really wasn't anyone. And I guess that you get to a point where you're just, you, you just accept it as your normal, that that's just how it is. But I remember I had, and this was young, I was probably, it was probably eight or nine years old. I had a, I had a friend that I went to school with and her name was Trudy Otmers. And, and I loved to go to her house because her parents were like, it was like the perfect little leave it to beaver family, you know, and it's like, it, well, I remember vividly thinking, I want a family like Trudy Otmers mm-hmm. has. And that's mm-hmm. what I would pray and ask God for, that someday, God, will you give me a family wow. like that? And he did. That's amazing. Yes. You know, that he really loves 
those who don't have a mother or father. And yes. you, you testified that that's how he worked in your life. Absolutely. Amazing. And, and I had a grandmother that loved me. Okay. And, and so I did have my grandmother and I ended up living with my grandmother, okay. um, a good portion of probably from junior high through high school. For the most part, I lived with my grandmother. And so she was my safe place. Okay. And she the one that trained you and modeled? She trained me in modeling hard work and um, dedication. I mean, she was a single mom that raised five kids by herself. Oh, wow. And so she she was a strong woman. Um, She did not have a strong faith. She had a quiet faith. um, But it was very, she didn't talk about it. Um, But... I, I knew she loved me and that's, I needed that one person that I knew loved me unconditionally. And she did. And did your sister live with her as yes, well? Yes, okay. she did. So junior high is a pivotal time and you had this youth director and wife. Is that where you started to, how did you start to grow in the Lord? Did they teach you about the Bible? And they did. The and I think Mm, I, I mean, they introduced me to it, but okay. it was shortly after that that we moved again. We moved okay. a lot, okay. and every time we had a new man, we we moved to a new place. That had been so and hard. It was hard, and so high school started out um, pretty rocky because that was the one season at the beginning of high school that there was not a church, and this husband was violent. Mm. And so that summer, when we went to my grandmother's, we did not we did not come back, and um, so I was. I was always in church, but I didn't really start growing into, I guess, in learning to study the Bible and and really being discipled until um, after I was married. That's encouraging for those who wonder, you know, are my kids going to look to the Lord? Are they going to get in the Word and all of that? Just to see the progression of your growth and the Lord's hand on your life is encouraging. So you say there weren't very, very many children from divorced homes. You were unique in that. And I can see back in that era that you would be. So did you feel like you walked in shame, you said, but was that like a continual thing? Like, how did you get beyond that? Well, I think I walked in shame as being from a divorced family, but also because of the reputation mm-hmm. that my mother had, right. it, it caused a lot of shame. And I, I think I found some people to pour into my life somewhat when I got, by the time I got into high school that were able to see me for my, for who I was mm-hmm. and not draw their conclusions about who I was based on who my family was. Mm-hmm. But honestly, in high school is when I met my husband. And that's, I mean, we were high school sweethearts. He's, we started dating when I was 15. Oh, wow. And um, and at that point, he was not a believer yet. Really? But he, um, but he was a gentle, kind guy. And he came from a good family. But actually, his, his dad um, got cancer his senior year of high school. And mm-hmm. that's when he came to know the Lord mm-hmm. was then... But anyway, we had, we just, he was my best friend. And so he became my person. And, and I think, and I may be getting ahead in the story, but I think one thing I would want to encourage in these, these moms listening is that God is a God of redemption and he redeems broken stories. Mm -hmm. And my husband was an amazing godly man and he was the best father. Mm 
I, I could have ever asked for for my children. Mm -hmm. So it was so sweet for me to see modeled Mm -hmm. in my husband to my children what a dad should be like. Mm -hmm. And, and I thank God for that because I may not have had it, but my children had it. Mm -hmm. And, and it was just a beautiful picture of redemption um, for me. That had to have been so healing, even though he wasn't your father, he's your husband, but to see the fathering take place. Yes. I mean, and so he healing. fathered so many kids. I mean, he was just that kind of man that, you know, he would be drawn to the fatherless okay. and want to help them. So, so that was, that was just redemption. So you all don't know Tammy like I know Tammy and I only am getting to know Tammy, but from observing your life, you are an incredible mom and grandmother. It actually, it makes me cry because to hear your story and to not have modeled before you, you had your grandmother, but where did you, so how did you learn these things? That's one thing that moms are asking, like, where did, how do you learn how to, um, to be a beautiful Christian woman with values and you grew up in a home that none of that was taught, so... How did that happen? The faithfulness of the Lord. And, you know, I think my heart desired those things. And so over time, because I did, I, it's like I consciously purpose to be different. And you absolutely are. And you always hear that you try to be different than what you don't want to be. But then sometimes you still end up being that person. And I don't see any trace of what you describe. Well, like I said, God is faithful. And in our young married years, um, he did send people into our lives to mentor us. And so in in the very early years of our marriage, we had one couple um, in particular that that was the first time I'd ever really studied the Bible. Mm-hmm. They taught us how to study the Bible and they modeled a godly marriage mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, you know, just that couple in in the church we attended. And then there were, you know, from that, we were part of a young married Sunday school class. And so we had good models, you know, at that point. And, and, and I read lots of books and, you know, we were talking earlier about Dr. Dobson. Well, you know, without Dr. Dobson, I probably wouldn't have been able to raise my children because I read all of his books, but, but having those people in your local church, we need to be part of the body. We've got to be connected. We, God created us to be in community and we've got to have that. And so even when you don't feel like it's making a difference, you have to keep going because the seeds are being planted and then someone's going to come along behind that person and they're going to water those seeds. And because God's word does not return void, but if we're not Mm -hmm. present, we're going to miss out on those things. Absolutely. And, you know, I know a lot of moms who are doing this alone with children, they don't think they can add one more thing, especially the weekend if they're working, you know, I can't go to church, but there's so much value in the community of faith. And that's what I hear you saying from the time you were a little girl, even though you didn't have anyone taking you to church, your grandmother here and there, but you found a way to get to church. Mm -hmm. And that has been part of the shaping of your life. A huge part. And, you know, for many years, I served in children's ministry too, because I, I just felt so passionately about the impact we can make on children. You know, we can instill that love for the Lord 
at a very early age. And Mm -hmm. it may take some years for that child to come back to it if that's not nurtured, but the seeds are planted and, you know, train up a child in the way they should go. And I mean, I I firmly believe in that. I, I believe that that children have the potential of making huge change within their families um, if they, because they, if they're telling their parents, I want to go to church, you're going to get up and take them to church. For sure. Yeah. And again, we're the ones responsible to train our children spiritually, I believe, you know, as the parent and mothers. But again, God uses the whole body for yeah. Christ. And so, Well, especially when there's the void Mm -hmm. in those children's lives for a mother or a father. But no, I absolutely agree with you. It is our job and our our responsibility to train those children. Right. But like you're saying, taking them to church, there could be that Sunday school teacher. I know for me, it was my Sunday school teacher when I was eight that impacted me. And that's when I came to know the Lord, just from that sitting in that little eight-year-old Sunday school class, you know. So I think exposing our children to other Christians— and that happens at church often, right. who can plant those seeds. So we can't plant enough seeds in the lives of a, chil- of a child. So, well, And especially when they get up to junior high age, mm-hmm. you know, we can tell them something and they not, will not receive it, but their exactly. Sunday school teacher may tell them, and it's the greatest advice uh-huh. they've ever received. It's so the same thing it's the saying. same thing. So yeah. yeah, we need to be partnering together um, sure. to help those kids grow. For sure. So you've probably had to work through a lot of forgiveness over the years. So how has that looked when you've realized, and how did you handle a different dad? How many different dads do you think were in your life over time? Probably about five. Um, You know, as I got older, the last one, I was was living with my grandmother at that time. But, you know, I think the place that the Lord had to bring me. And, and I mean, I, I carried baggage, you know, into my marriage, you know, a fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did, even though I, I trusted my husband and I, I knew he would, I knew he wouldn't hurt me, but I had that deep seated place where I had that fear that, that that could happen. And so I, I had to sort through that, but I think coming to a place where I was able to trust that God really does work all things together for good because my broken story has allowed me to minister to other people. My broken story has made me who I am today. And I wish all the pieces were not as broken as they they are, but I know God has used those for his glory when because we can only say I understand to someone if we've truly walked through what they've gone through. So you know, I think, you know, it's learning instead of asking why me to say, why not me? You know, why someone else instead of me? And because it's all helped me become who I am now. And, you know, over the years we tried, you know, we've, we've had run our own business for years. And like I said, my father's an alcoholic. And I mean, we would have moments where we would try to find him and reach out to him. And we even gave him a job at one point, but it didn't go well. And, you know, he would call me a few times over the years, usually on Father's Day, and he would be drunk Mm -hmm. and telling me what a bad father he was, you know. And it's like, I think the thing that broke my heart was your life doesn't have to be like it is. Mm -hmm. And you could have a family because I was never closed off where I wouldn't have given him the opportunity to come back in. Mm -hmm. Um, But he didn't. And 
I guess I was in my hmm, early to mid 40s and I hadn't seen him in many years or heard from him. And my great uncle had called me and told me that he was in the hospital. And so I was, I was going to go see him. And then he called me back and he said, he's out of the hospital, you, but you shouldn't go where he lives alone. He was living in a travel trailer somewhere all alone mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. drunken state most of the time. So I was debating on what I should do, whether I should try to go there or not. And um, because he hadn't asked to see mm-hmm. me, I was just, that's just my personality. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to try to fix it, you yeah. know, and he took his life by suicide. And so, um, so that opportunity was never there. And I think what was so sad to me in that was I probably didn't grieve him because I really didn't know him. I really didn't. He had never been part of my life, but I deeply grieved what could have been right. and never was because he could have had a family, but he chose not to. That is so hard. So how did you work through the loss, the loss of not having a dad and now he's gone and there's no hope of having that? How how did you process all that? Well, luckily I still had my husband to help process all of that with, and he was great to listen and to encourage and to always point back to the Lord. But ultimately it was God that healed, you know, it's God alone is the healer. Mm-hmm. And I just kept taking him the broken pieces mm-hmm. and, um, and he slowly puts us back together and we may not look the same, but, um, but there's wholeness that's found only in him. And so God, God was the healer. I had to just keep taking it back to him. And, you know, I, I still can find myself at moments, you know, I'll, you know, you'll have a friend that's so close to their dad and, Mm -hmm. and not that, you know, I've never begrudged anyone that, but I just, you just have that longing of what might it have been like? What would it have felt like to have a dad like that? And, um, so, I mean, there can still be those tender moments like that from time to time, but, but it was almost like I, I, ne- I really didn't know any different because that's just right. how I grew up. So right. that it wasn't, I never had something really precious that was taken from me because, you know, it was so hard even when he was still in the home, but I long for what could have been. I think we all do. Yeah. And yet, like you're saying, God takes all the pieces and uses them for our good and for His glory. They say that our view of God is often impacted by our view of our Father, but I hear you relating to God in a whole different way. So describe your view of God and how that is different. Why did all these men that were coming in as father figures, why did they not taint your view of God? That's a good question. (laughs) It really is. The only thing I can say is because at that early age, I had this concept that God was my daddy. Mm -hmm. I never viewed God through the lens of an earthly father. That was his protection over me is Mm -hmm. all that I can say, because I really never did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can look back over my life and I see God's protection. I see his provision. I mean, it wasn't always pretty, but I look at statistically where I should be. And where I could have been and the choices that I could have made. And I just see the protection of the Lord over me. And and he provided, whether it was, you know, my grandmother to live with or 
a teacher that would pour into me, someone at church, you know, he provided those people to help reshape the way I thought about who God was. And I think the other part is, you know, and it, it's, it takes a while to, to get there. And I think, you know, it's, you know, as we grow older, it, it develops more, but our identity has to be firmly planted in who God says we are mm-hmm. and not who the world says we are or who a negative parent says we are or a teacher that says something bad, you know, right. about you that you overhear them talking about you. But our identity is found firmly in Christ and, and learning to view yourself that way, I think changes your perspective. For sure. And I see that that is what, who you look to for your identity. And um, it's a beautiful testimony that you share that it's encouraging for, for all of us. A couple things that about the identity thing, obviously your mom was looking for her satisfaction in relationships Mm -hmm. outside of a relationship with the Lord. Your dad was given to substance abuse. So how did those sins of the parents, sins of the father, how did you combat that? You know, did, did you, were you tempted to, to follow in that same pattern? Tell us how, how God saved you and protected you from that. You know, I think what I what I had said earlier about making these conscious decisions in my mind mm-hmm. as a young child, it just continued to drive me because mm-hmm. to this day, I don't drink mm-hmm. and I don't have judgment to anyone that does. But for me, I saw the devastation mm-hmm. that it caused mm-hmm. and I didn't want that in my life. And so all of those things, I moved as far away from those things as I could to try to go in a different direction. Now I watched other people that I loved and I can have continued to watch that in my birth family mm-hmm. of people follow that same path of devastation mm-hmm. and it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I had a resolve from an early age. And so those, those were not things I wanted to have anything to do with. Which is amazing. It is. I just, it I, is it amazing. is the Lord. He, it, it, is. it is truly the protection of the Lord. Yes. And, you know, and it, it's, I don't know if there may have been someone over all these years, maybe that youth minister, I don't know, you know, was there someone praying for me that I'll never know until sure. eternity that there was someone praying for me, but um, I know the Lord watched over me mm-hmm. without a doubt. Wow. That's amazing and so encouraging. You know, God is so faithful. And just to hear a story like yours is is encouraging for all of us because I think a lot of women raising children without a dad, the, Satan is the accuser. Mm-hmm. And so he's constantly accusing and lying to us that you can't do it alone. Your kids aren't going to turn out. And yet, your story is beautiful encouragement that God can grab a, grab a little girl at eight years old and just walk alongside of you and be your father. Even when you didn't even have someone telling you he's your daddy, you know, or that he's your father, but he fathered you and you looked to him as father and that's he did. And, and, and you know, and I would, something I, I tell my own daughters as they're raising children is we may not make all the right decisions in discipline and, you know, all the things of parenting that we, the enemy can accuse and beat us up in. But if we are, if we are pointing our children to the Lord, 
If we are investing the things of the Lord into their lives, if we're teaching them scripture, if we're taking them to church, if we're doing those things, I believe God will do the work from there. And it's, it may not happen immediately, but I think that's what I would want to encourage is like, keep pushing your children towards the things of the Lord and, and model that in your life. And they're going to see it. It's going to make an impact. Like I said, his word doesn't return void. Oh, it doesn't. Well, you're definitely a victor, and I don't hear that you ever had a a victim mentality. How do you think you stayed away from that? You know, the woe is me and poor yeah. me. I don't have a dad. I'm not like other And I, I think I can almost have an impatience with a victim mentality um, because I don't know. My It was just I knew if I was going to have anything different, I had to be different. Mm-hmm. And so... I worked hard at that, like I said, whether it was making good grades, mm-hmm. making good choices, because I didn't want to be a victim. I had watched people in my family be the victim. Okay. And so that's a, it's a point sometimes I have to pray for the Lord to give me grace in because I don't, mm-hmm. we all have a choice. Right. We all have a choice and there is victory in Christ and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so the enemy is a liar and we've, we've got to speak the truth of scripture over those things where Satan accuses and tries to make us be a victim because we are victorious in Christ. And so eyes on Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. eyes fixed on him. Yeah. I'm not recalling, I'll find that verse, but there's a verse that says you can choose life or death, you know, to make that decision. And even Ezekiel 18, we'll talk more about this over time for sure. But he, you know, again, he talks in Ezekiel 18 that each one has a choice. We don't have to choose sins of the fathers. We don't have to live that. We all have an opportunity to decide the life that God wants us to live and to choose to be different from what our circumstances are. And well, and we live in a that. world that tells us that we have every right to be victims of our circumstances. Sure. And so you will have to be countercultural mm-hmm. to be able to stand against that. But I totally agree with you. God gives us a choice right. and we choose life or death. So when it came time to getting married and, you know, having a wedding and the man has to go to the dad to get permission to date the girl and you don't have a dad that really even cares, you know? So how did you stay away from promiscuity for one thing? And then how did you live a life of purity? And maybe that's why the Lord allowed me to meet my husband at such a young age, you know, because um, I think we were a strength to one another. And and we did marry young. I mean, he he was two years older than I was, but we we married as soon as I graduated from high school. So I was 18 when we got married. Wow. Yeah. So we did marry young, which, you know, I know statistically that's not always a good thing, but I wouldn't trade it for anything mm-hmm. because it gave us you grew almost, up together. we did, we grew up together and God gave us almost 33 years together before wow. Troy went to heaven to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, so I think having one another, and I think living with my grandmother too, because my grandmother did have high moral standards. And so I think, I think being out of my mother's home in those high school years, for the most part, there was a little in and out, but I think for the most part, that was a saving grace. And then as far as, you know, getting married, yes, of course, I would have loved to have had a father. And it was hard because I had to pick an uncle, you know, to and it, that was hard too. Which uncle do you pick, you know, and it, 
you know, so some of that was sad, but, Mm -hmm. but I also planned my wedding by myself. I didn't have a mother helping me plan my wedding either. So, you know, here I am 18 years old trying to plan a wedding, you know, it was, and my mother-in-law was, ended up being a sweet help, you know, too. So, um, so I I had a great mother-in-law. So, um, but that, yeah, wedding, the things that a dad should be there for, Mm -hmm. um, were hard, but again, it, I considered it a blessing later in our lives to see my husband be that for our daughters, to be the man that our son-in-laws had to come to and ask for their hand in marriage and do things the way they should have been done. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was redeeming for me to, for God to allow me to experience that through watching that happen through my daughters with their dad. So, which is amazing because a lot of times that could be, um, a trigger, you know, to see your husband being that father to cause you to want to miss that in your own life. But instead, God turned it around and used it for healing. Absolutely. For you. He so did. That's, he did. That's amazing. So your uncle walked you down the aisle? He did. Okay. Did your dad come to your wedding? No. Oh, wow. That's sad. He chose not to. He was not that he wasn't invited. He chose not to. Mm, that's sad. That's just a lot of rejection, <laughs> Tammy. You've it is. It, it really is. You know, it sounds worse when I'm sitting here telling it to you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I think I would say my grandmother had grit and the things I watched her go through. And so I think I, I, think I got a little of Granny's grit. Okay. And you just push through and you just do the hard things. You definitely have some strength, a strength that I know is of the Lord, but you just definitely have fortitude and push through and positive perspective, which is, I think, important. It is. And I try now. That doesn't mean that, you know, I can't have a day where I, you know, let myself have a pity party. (laughs) We can all have those days, but, um, but I try very hard to look to the positive. So what about other events? Like he wasn't there probably for your high school graduation or anything? No, there were, there was no, not one event. I have, I have pictures from when I was probably in the first or second grade at some kind of um, Girl Scout banquet. I was a brownie and I have a picture of him at that. But that is, I think that's it. I mean, there's, I don't, I don't know of any other significant event that he was ever at. So did you ever have a time where you got to express your love for your dad? You didn't, probably didn't have love for him, but to, to talk to him, father to daughter, you tried to, and then yeah. I mean, we, yes. And we tried, like I said, if, you know, over the years I tried, but he just, he wouldn't engage. And I think that the place that I've had to come to with both of my parents are they were broken people mm-hmm. that had their own baggage mm-hmm. and they did the best they could, mm-hmm. you know, they and able, they didn't have it in them to, they just, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can be bitter about that, but that's only going to hurt me and because bitterness destroys us. Right. And so, you know, it's sometimes it's just a letting go. Um, you know, I've found that even in being a widow, it's like you kind of, what is the saying, you know, you, sometimes you have to let go of the life you thought you would have to live the life that God's given you. And so, you know, if we live in the shoulda, coulda, woulda, um, we're going to be miserable. Um, so we accept where we are and we trust God's sovereignty and we, um, ask him to use it for his good. And does it feel good? No, 
but I have seen God use the brokenness for purpose. And, you know, I, I wish I had it with me. I have a poem that you've probably heard before called The Weaver. And it talks about our life being a weaving. And when we lost our second daughter and someone gave us that poem, um, we, we had that poem on Troy's program for his memorial service. And I think I, I reflect on that often because, you know, if you've ever done needlework mm-hmm. and you're of the quality of needlework I am, <laughs> the bottom is messy, right? you know, and you can't make sense of it. But when you see the finished product, there's beauty. And I think, and, and that, that's what that poem talks about. That's our lives. It's a weaving between the Lord and us. And, and he's weaving something beautiful and we just see the underside that's a mess. And, but that's where the trust comes in of there will be beauty mm-hmm. and trying to maintain perspective that this life is brief. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it. Um, some days it doesn't feel like it at all, mm-hmm. but in light of eternity, the now is brief and eternity's coming and God will make all things new and there will be beauty and we're going to see how those dark threads in that tapestry helped create beauty for the whole piece. So I just, I rest in that. That's amazing. Well, you're such a grace-filled, beautiful woman. And um, thank you for sharing your story. I, I hope moms out there, ladies, you raising um, your children without a dad. I hope this has been encouraging today because we don't compare stories at all because God is writing each for each one of us a story. I believe that he wrote even before time began. I love Psalm 139 where God says that. It's probably one of my favorite life verses, even though it's mysterious that in God's sovereignty, he writes this story, parts of it we would never write into the story of our own lives. But um, you're doing a good job. Um, with what God has given you. And as I hear from Tammy, you know, keep looking to the Lord and have hope and trust that he is working all things together for good. And he's at work in the lives of your children in ways that you won't, maybe you won't even be able to see. But we pray that each seed planted is directing them to know God is their savior even beyond knowing him as their father. So thank you, Tammy. You're a blessing and so much loss, so much loss that God has allowed in your life that I'm deeply sorry that you've had to go through that, but thankful for the way God has covered you and protected you. It's obvious that he's been your covering, even as your father and now as your husband. So thank you. Thank you for having me and moms. God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Never forget that. God is faithful. Yes, he is. And there you have it. Another trophy of grace. And after listening to Tammy share her story, the verse from Proverbs 27, 10 and 11 comes to my mind. It says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in level paths. And that is what he has done for Tammy. So thankful for these stories of God's faithfulness and these trophies of grace. There's more to Tammy's story, so we'll definitely have her back on the podcast later on. 
She is one of the founders of Hope Gathering, a ministry for widows. You'll want to look her up. Please give us a review and a rating and come back next week. Some of our guests will talk about the big question, who will walk me down the aisle? I'm not sure if we're going to do this in a mini-series or if we'll try to fit the four stories into one episode, but I know you'll want to join us to hear how young women dated and met their husbands and then what was it like for them to have a wedding to actually walk down the aisle without their dad there. All four talk about the tenderness of missing their daddy, how God met that need, and how He was there giving them great joy on one of the biggest days of their lives. You won't want to miss it. Share this with friends. And until then, just know that God is with you moms as you raise your fatherless children. Music